This is the 3D Pod, your number one source for 3D printing news, analysis, and insight from 3dprint.com. Now, here are your hosts, Joris Peels and Maxwell Bogue. Hello, everyone. My name is Joris Peels, and this is another episode of the 3D Pod. And with me, as always, is Maxwell Vogue. How you doing, Max? I'm great, Joris. How you doing today? I'm good. I'm good. I'm really, uh, yeah, doing a lot of work. Really, really busy with the year-end stuff and all that, but uh, right. but really, really enjoying it. So all good. I'm glad to hear that. And who do we have on the 3D Pod today? Well, today we've got Hans Alfred uh, Berninger, and he's a well. He started as a management consultant. He's been a management consultant for 35 years. And around 2016, he started to get into contact with this this wonderful, beautiful world of 3D printing. And since then, he's been uh, working as a strategic advisor for Stratasys, for example. He's worked uh, for uh, Chromatic 3D Materials, Nano Dimension, and a bunch of other customers in, well, doing kind of strategy type stuff. What are, you know, the business models? What, what makes sense to do uh, and go to market? And how do you uh, develop this technology? So... I think it's going to be really interesting to look at this from a management consultant perspective. So, so, and, and I really like a lot of stuff that uh, Hans has been doing. So, yeah, welcome to the show, uh, Hans. Yes, welcome. Great to be here. Oh, great, great. So, so first off, like, okay, so how did you first? You've been doing you've been doing management consulting like for a long time before you got in touch with three D printing, right? Yes, yes. I wanted to become a freelancer, and so I chose uh, 3D printing as, as my, my field uh, when, when I left as a partner, my old consulting firm. Okay. And what, did you, what kind of stuff did you do before 3D printing? Uh, it was a, a kind of, of big change processes. And if you introduce 3D printing in companies, it's also a big change process. So it's, it was really familiar to me. <laughs> yeah, I think that's a good point because, like, we, we, if we, I always say, if I, if a 3D printing implementation fails, it's nearly always the change management portion that fails because yes, you know, there's, right. not, there's, not, there's not a lot of alignment there. So could you just understand, like, well, first off, what is change management? And then kind of like yeah, really give, us, kind of, give us an example so we all make sure we're on the same page. Um, well, I think you must have the right mindset to, to understand what's, what's going on. And um, if, if you do a, a change process project in 3D printing, the people must be convinced that, that this is really an, an advantage for them, that it really helps them. And so, so you must show the, the target, what, what they are aiming for. And when I do these kind of projects, I always have a workshop with the top management, with the CEO, with the other people. So then if we have some, some hindrings in, in, the, in the project that I also can say the CEO wants to have this and wants to do this, and and so um, that's 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 my point. How I do it is as a kind of top-down approach. But that's always okay. I've tried that as well. <laughs> Not always successfully, I might add, uh, because the CEO could find it a great idea. She thinks it's a great idea, but then all of a sudden you take these production guys. They don't get incentivized for this, right? They all of a sudden they kind of always buckle and fight this kind of stuff. They always kind of resist, right? Yes, yes, yes. Sometimes. But how do you overcome that kind of like, how do you kind of like yeah, make that? Because that to me, I've never really figured out how to do that, to be honest. Well, um, we, we start printing the parts by, by ourselves first uh, and, and we take the easy parts so that, that, they, that the people of the company 
they, they see that that's doable, that that's, that's not a big risk. And, and so, so we, we start with easy parts and then we go to the more complicated parts. So when, when there are some hindrings, we, we, we go and see the top management and, and ask them, yes, to convince the people that, that it's a good project. Can you do, like, do you do a lot of training internally? Do you do a lot of spreading the gospel of, of 3D printing internally as well? Yes, yes. Uh, there I have partners who do this kind of, of, uh, of training. But what kind of business do you do this with first? Is it large companies, small companies, what kind of thing? It, it's more or less uh, bigger companies, and, and we, we do it always around the product life cycle of the product. So, so we start uh, in the prototyping phase, what, do you, what kind of printers do you need here? Then we, we look on the uh, production phase, what kind of printers you need here? Then the spare part phase. So, so we, we try to close the loop and try to find a strategy which, which covers the whole product lifecycle of the product. And is it then the best to like implement the, at the beginning? So start only with the 3D print, the prototyping, and then only when the product and design from the beginning things for 3D printing? Or is it also a good opportunity to then go for you know more, much more mature products as well at the same time? Well, well, from my point of view, the, the biggest possibility is in chicks and fixes. If, if you, let's take a, a German car supplier, uh, where we have a project right now, the, the, the biggest potential is in chicks and fixes. And, and I think this is the most underestimated potential in AM because, well, it's, it's not so popular maybe to, to print chicks and fixes, but there is a lot of potential. Okay, yeah, I, I think it, actually it is one of the most. I call it the gateway drug. Yeah, because <laughs> <laughs> so, it's it's the one thing that works. It's it's not as tightly regulated. Um, it's not kind of in the hands of somebody. There's the they're, they're 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 more free to experiment with it, and especially with a process driven companies or really large companies. It's usually the only place you can start, right? Because other everything they won't let you do anything else. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. <laughs> yeah. Well, what's the business case for jigs and fixtures? Well, it's, it's cheaper because quite often jigs and fixers are, are single products which, which were produced very expensive out of metal. And, and uh, if you can print it, it's much faster. And you also can multiply it in different uh, plans. So norm, in, in this company, I told you, we, we are establishing right now a 3D competence center in, in the headquarter. And, and the, the other plans, we will also bring the, some printers there, but first we try it at the headquarter, and so, so you can multiply the, these chicks and fixtures in, in all the plants. This is, this is quite convincing for the people. Yeah, and, and so it's a straight-up, so one part is just a straight-up money-saving thing, like CNC is expensive, now we make a lot yes. of polymer 3D printing, it's cheaper, right? Yes, yes, and, and also you can print Ultem if, if, if you have a temperature problem, and a lot of people... They, they do not know the principles. They, they are so in lean production and, and they say, not invented here, we, we will do lean. And, and if you convince them that they get a kind of new mindset that, that with, with 3D printing, you really can widen your horizon and, and, and see, see better opportunities in the company. So it's quite interesting. If, if you go in very, very lean companies in the, on the production side, that they are so focused on their lean business that that you open them a kind of new world if 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 you discuss AM with them. 
Yeah, but but often these guys don't have that much money to invest. They're also lean in terms of budgets, right? So you have do you, do you agree that you have to pitch it at the C level, or could you pitch it to these these um, kind of more well, production we do, people? Uh, we do ROI calculations. If, if there is no profit, then it doesn't make sense. But we 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 do ROI calculations, and we say, well, the, the printer it's, it it makes profit for you. Yeah, and and how do we see like this this ROI? What is an ROI on a jig and fixture? Can you give us examples or kind of ideas of what what it could mean for a company to 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 switch to three D printing? Uh, well, well, we we take uh, sample parts and we calculate them uh, the costs on three D printing, and and if it's made out of metal as a single product, and and then we can prove that 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 three D printing is cheaper. But do you have any indications of how much cheaper it is or how much money you can save? Like, yeah, in the like on average, are you seeing 20% savings? Or? Um, yes, maybe 20%. And what would you, and do you advise people to go with a material extrusion or desktop printers or more industrial printers? What are the right type of printers for this kind of application? Well, uh, it, normally the, these are industrial printers, let's say, uh, uh, like 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 Stratasys or, or something else, so, or, or Tumsys or, or this this kind of industrial printers. Do you th- do you see like people using desktop printers? I know that a bunch of car companies use like desktop machines to do this as well because it's much cheaper, it's much faster. Some car companies have like a couple of them have like hundreds of them on the factory floor, right? Yes, yes. Uh, this is all right if, if the parts are small. Then then desktop printers are are all right. No problem with that. And do you see do you see a danger for like for example Stratus is being displaced by these desktop printer manufacturers? Well, uh, if you look at at Bamboo Lab, um, there was also a very interesting boost on 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 Farmnext. Bamboo Lab now uh, they 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 took over this segment where Ultimaker and MakerBot was in. So um, you see the Japanese if they are really fighting for a segment, then they they take it over and. Uh, in Germany, there are still a lot of MakerBots and Ultimakers, but I would say in the long run, there will be more Bamboo Labs. Yeah, I think I think the, the Bamboo Labs is an incredible company. I think, and the printer's incredible. We've been testing it, and uh, the results I'm getting off of it are, are really, really amazing. I think there's an issue with it phoning home, essentially. Like, Yeah, in, I was going to say, in, the one thing I don't like about Bamboo is that it, it transmits the data back up to a server. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Yeah, so, I, so I think I think yeah, yeah. If you're a Lockheed or if you're like, well, actually, in the design department at Ford or whatever, I would advise you never to use it. But if you or in any defense related stuff, but if you're just making brackets or fixtures, I think it's amazing. We're getting really high yields off of them. They're really fast. They're I'm not getting paid by these guys either. <laughs> and, 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 and I sometimes the the build times are about half. Of, of some other printers and the parts look yes. really good. So, uh, yeah. The LIDAR sensor, they are very fast. Yes. Yeah. I think, I think it's, an incre- I think it's one of the most exciting things to happen in our industry. And, uh, and they and you, clearly you are super ambitious. That, that we can lose some market segments to China. This is really a, a story for us. <laughs> yeah. I think, I think, do you worry about that? Do you think that as a German, like, you know, up until now, the industrial thing has been very German, if you will, with like large German firms. There's some large American firms on the polymer side. You know, I to me, it's clear. I think I completely agree with that. I think I think on the the desktop side, Bamboo Labs is going to almost wipe everyone out. Yes, uh, yes. If, uh, Look, um, a lot of resellers change to Bamboo Lab. We in Germany, we lost the solar 
business totally to China. Uh, the, the Chinese took it over. I think they have mo now more than 90% world market share. And in 2014, I think Germany had 60 or 70% in the solar panel market. So we, there is already a story where, where Germany lost a lot of, of, of an interesting market to, to China. And well, uh, uh, 3D printing, that's not so, it's more difficult that, that because there, there you have a lot of software issues. You have a lot of material issues. That's not so easy to take it over like the solar panel business. But I think the German industry, like, like the EOS or all the others, they must be really careful concerning China. And what would you advise if a client came to you? Like, what would you advise me to do? Like, imagine I'm like kind of, um, you're a source. <laughs> like, imagine I make in, in Europe, I make powder bed fusion machines. They're industrial. They're really good at what they do. I'm a family owned company. What am I supposed to do against somebody that's going to undercut me? Well, in at Bamboo Lab, I think uh, Ultimaker and Maker, but they have no chance. I don't see any any solution what they could do differently besides maybe this data server server subject. I think they could they could be the printer solution of choice for the military, for schools, or for yes, yes, medical, yes. for example, that don't want this or that aren't able to do this. So medical schools, military, uh, and also sensitive industry like Airbus and stuff like that. So they could definitely do that, and that's a pretty sizable segment. Uh, but then you'd have to make high temperature printers and bigger ones. But I think they have hope there, but I agree with you. I'm as bleak in my assessment as you are. Well, I, I think the, 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 the Germans, they must really look where are the, the Chinese. Um, I, I think they must, they, the, the German companies need to be more sensitive concerning China. And uh, I, I think they, they are a little bit too not sensitive enough towards this problem. Do you mean yeah, just but, like at a level of awareness and trying to react to it yes, in terms yes. of sensitivity and that they're uh, not so, putting enough emphasis on this is a threat to us? I know yeah. one company who uh, has a, a spare parts platform and they wanted to use a German uh, printer and that, that didn't work. And now they are using a, chip, a, a Chinese printer. You, you really should be aware what business you are losing to, to Chinese companies. And the German companies should analyze this, why the, the, why, why the market share of, of China is increasing. Uh, on Farmnext, uh, Farsoon had, had the same, same booth, the size of the booth like EOS. And, and some years ago, Farsoon had a very little booth on, on, on the end of a hall. Things are getting mm -hmm. changed here. Yeah, I think I know the example you said. I don't know if I'm allowed to say it either. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, but, um, but, um, so, uh, so what would you, okay. So imagine I'm like a, you know, a, 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 if I'm a German car company, so that I then only use German machines to be like, kind of like a block. Against, yeah, exactly. What's the they're, they're more expensive, right? Should then the, the German machine tool company only lease German cars? <laughs> Isn't that really inefficient from an economic perspective or? No, no, you're right. If if the ROI is better for a Chinese machine, why you should not buy it? And if you have no data problem with it, well, it's money goes the world around. So, but but the message is 
like like this message with the Farsoon printer, what 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 you also know. Be more sensitive what's going on in the market. That that's a really important message from my point of view. And Joris, you know this this, this story here. <laughs> yeah. I think I think it's difficult for me to see because it's it's on the one hand, um, you know, are we gonna now all decide we're not friends anymore? You know? And and on the other hand, uh, you know, are we going to you know, interact with each other in a new geopolitical way and say, you know, we should only be Europe and a very nationalistic kind of mercantilistic way. I, I don't understand. Yeah, I don't know what the right choice is really at this point. Um, I think you should be aware that this, that there are some problems maybe in the future. Before I buy a printer, I would really check is if there is no European or, or US solution. Okay, so you should you should think that people should try European solutions first. But okay, but imagine there's one. Yeah, the IRI isn't there. Then I should go for the Chinese printer. Well, maybe you can um, elaborate on this data issue. And if you find a European server, uh, and 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 your your data is safe, and the technology and, and the machine is cheaper, that then I would probably go for the for the Chinese printer. Okay, okay, that, that, but that's interesting because like I think. That that makes the logical thing is with you know any kind of printer that would phone home and send the geometries back in an industrial level that would never work right all the all the, the space people would just have a fit right so they, the 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 company is clearly starting on a on a you know entry level kind of printer it's a thousand dollars one for eight hundred there's one for three hundred now as well okay and we saying we're seeing their threat to to to, to Ultimaker now. But they're not going to clearly. They're not going to stop there, right? They they also. Do you think they're also a threat for like, for example, the more industrial like Stratasys type of companies and stuff like that? Well, if if you take uh, Intamsis, Intamsis is in the market segment of Stratasys, and the material uh, what what Intamsis is selling is cheaper than the Stratasys material. So okay, so then also there's a high a high temperature printer, a high temperature yes. FDM for peak and stuff like that. that yes, that, uh, yes, yes. It, it's the uh, HT610. That, that's the printer from Mintanzi. The fun mat. And yes, the, the, yes, the, the, this one, the, yes. And what do you think of the metal printing thing? Uh, that has just been completely amazing uh, 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 to see like that there's so many powder fusion companies, metal powder fusion companies coming out of China. There's like, you know, we had, you know, Farsoon was doing some stuff. We had E plus all of a sudden, you know, now there's a torrent of companies. There's a ton of them, BLT. Then there's like, there was, I think there's three new ones at last form next, yes, if yes, I'm not yes. mistaken. I think uh, metal is much more sensitive as polymer. So, so in, in metal, I expect a, a bigger attack from the Chinese than in polymer. And you would expect them to, to keep flooding the market with many more solutions? Is that the kind of approach you think they'll take? Or? Um, I think the Chinese have a five years plan for AM. And the Chinese companies must argue why they will not use AM, <laughs> that they, they turn around the, the, uh, the reasoning. But what I want to say is that the German companies or the European and the US companies must be much more sensitive concerning China, because this is a threat from my point of view. Isn't it the only thing that's going to work? Is it either like we don't buy any Chinese stuff at all, except for maybe cheap things or commodities? And we kind of have a kind of like split world where our high tech market is for ourselves and they're for the, uh, themselves. And then we have limited collaboration. That's a very kind of like unfriendly world. But then we keep the Chinese out the door and they're kind of like the enemy. Or we're just saying, hey, look, whatever's cheaper or better for everyone, it's better for everyone. And then we keep on going 
I, I think you know, kind of an in between kind of thing. I don't think it makes sense. Well, I, I have no no real solution for this. Um, I don't know, Joris. What's what's? <laughs> how do you consult your 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 companies in, in this Chinese? Well, okay, on, on the, like like for example, if okay, okay, that's okay, that's interesting. I like the question. So, if <laughs> I, if I be confronted with a with a, a FDM player at the moment, I would say you either have to have an end to end educational solution, yes, or you would do. Uh, 3D printing in hospitals, so you'd make the whole environment for hospitals. You'd have all the the certifications they want uh, for the machine, but also for the software uh, environment. You'd really pay attention to safety and and uh, you know, kind of like what the the 3D systems material extrusion system, how that kind of works. And then you come up with the ultimate solution for that hospital printing kind of thing, or you would just make the ultimate corporate solution for the corporate world, which would just run on their servers and be very safe, and and the the printing would be long lasting. And then you just upgrade all of your components, high win everything, and just make everything even more expensive, but like more accurate, more reliable. And that to me, the, those refuges, I think, is the, is the one thing you can hide. Interestingly, I don't see how you can compete with them, just like you can, because I can't understand how in Europe I would be able to scan every file and lidar, lidar every file, then take it back and then be able to then improve my settings to do input shaping and to do, uh, you know, overall to, to measure or to get the mechanics of my machine and the, the things like the stepper motor acceleration stuff to work with the geometry in such a way to optimize settings more than anyone else can. I don't see how you can make that fly in a European context. We're going to eat all your files, you know? Mm-hmm, and I would mm-hmm. like to see a, a solution for that. So, so that's the thing. And I would like to see if there's a solution for that. If maybe some people would be okay doing that for for a lot of parts, you could just opt in or out per part, and then maybe you'd get a lot of the same files. Um, but I think you know these guys are the Bamboo Labs guys or XDGI guys. They control that that kind of that gimbal, uh, that technology, and, and making that gimbal for the DJI. Um, camera fly so that the, their idea of a software-based vibration uh solution that i think you're never going to be able to outperform them in that and also i think they're very formidable because dji is a company that if you go to like a electronic store you have seven people selling you tvs 12 people selling you radios and there's one company selling you drones so that experience is completely different than another business experience in electronics Everyone else is just happy to be there, happy to exist in these big box stores, happy to have a good brand. DJI wants to destroy everything, and they did an incredible job. Uh, the, the, the drone market was so fragmented. So I would almost say that the only way to, to as a mid-market firm, like anywhere, if you're making a 2,000 to 5,000 euro 3D printer, just specialize in hide. Come up with the best solution for a ceramics, uh, bound metal for the military, for uh, industrial shipping, for that kind of stuff. And then just avoid them entirely because they're going to wipe you out. That would be my advice, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think if you compare it with the solar panel market, it's it's more difficult uh, uh, to enter this market because you have the, the triangle with software, hardware, and material. And this is a, this is much more tricky than just produce solar panels. So we should not be too nervous, but we should be really, really sensitive and 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 look around what's what's going on here. Yeah, I, yeah, I agree. I agree. I think, that, for example, if your software was so good, like for example, the internal Thingiverse, that kind of Thingiverse deployed across the internet of a company, that is so important, right? We saw the U.S. government just impl- implemented one at the Air Force and stuff like that. To have that kind of way of sharing files and deploying them in a secure way, now if you manage that well, that could really choose them 
you know, that could be a really nice business in and of itself, by the way. But also, that could cause them to choose you, even though you're a bit slower, maybe, but maybe more accurate at the same time. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're right so, to point out specialization, though, Joris, because that's kind of one of the answers. The manufacturing capabilities of Asia, of China especially, mean that you're going to be able to make the stepper motors and the printers and all that stuff. It's already being made there anyways, right? It's not like mm-hmm. there's a ton of stepper motor manufacturers in Europe. Um, so you're still reliant on that supply chain at the end of the day. So software often is the easier solution to it. I think, I think, I think, or you could make it kind of like have a dumb boxes approach where you would put all the intelligence in the software and then make other people's dumb boxes go, f- go better and then force, but then it would have like kind of like optimized flow control inside the software, right? So you, you per geometry, per different, uh, kind of angle per material, per color of the material on a different layer height layered number effectively you would have different settings and you would have to control that in the nozzle so i think still nozzles are quite dumb if you made a nozzle much more dispensable and much more accurate like having a microfluidic device in the nozzle right Mm -hmm. Um, then you could have a, a stream or a droplet by droplet approach that would be far more accurate and that could be something you could you could do IP on. I think there's been too much too much work done by people on making a motion stage, right? Where I'm like, no, no, make a better nozzle and a better deposition to get the best uh, Z layer accuracy and the best uh, interlayer bonding. And to me, if you could do that, then you could just sell nozzles, you know. And then you could also win even if they had a much better printer because you had a better nozzle and you could protect that IP. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so what about like a, a company what would you advise a company like i'm a german industrial firm right yes um, do i have to look at 3d printing is it kind of a nice to have cool technology because that's the problem i think I, I talked about this recently like we're kind of in the friend zone of all these companies right everything's well, uh, nice but um, nobody's you know nobody goes beyond the third date you know yeah. uh, if we start a project we, we go through the production and, and we try to, to show up potential where they could use uh, a 3D printing. So, so we, we always do it in a very practical way to show up potential where they could use a 3D printing. So, um, and, and then if, if we find some use cases, then, then we, are, we, we start immediately printing the parts in, in our, on our printers and, and, and try to convince them with, with the printed parts that it really makes sense. And I like. So do you guys have like a big warehouse of printers? Uh, well, we we have a good network, <laughs> and and we, we ah, okay. know so where, where we could 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 right. print it. So fair. And and then and then how do you go further? How do you actually like? Do you tell them to buy printers? Because a lot of people seem like they really want to buy printers, and I often try to tell people, don't, don't, wait, wait. Uh, do you tell people to buy printers or rely on services, or how do you implement it, them? It, it depends. Maybe I come back to this Bosch. A stand I have seen you at this Bosch stand. They sell a, a, a printer, the new printer from Bosch, for twenty-eight thousand euros a year, oh. including all the material you need. So you have a flat rate on material. <laughs> this is quite a very interesting business project. I was yeah, you, That's I, quite I was the camping. Deal. I was camping on that uh, that stand. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I can see why. That's quite the deal. Yeah. If you're doing yeah. that okay, much okay. printing, like you could. I mean, I, I know they've done better. the math. Oh, it gets, no, no, it gets okay. better. It's, it's, it's so, the, the, so the material cost is like three bucks or five bucks per kilo. Yes. Okay? yes. Some of it's recycled from fishing nets 
And the printer essentially looks really high-end, but they've been using it for a decade at Bosch because it's Bosch. They're so weird, right? And and they've been using this thing for a decade internally to print the plastics that we all know and love. So they do a GF, 30% GF-loaded uh, polypropylene, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, they do a 25% uh, uh, GF-loaded I don't know what another material like an LDP or some of this, like they really are using the industrial plastics that Bosch would use for a lot of these automotive components and neuroautomotive components. So they didn't do like the 3D printing materials. No, they're like, no, no, we're going to keep doing this until we find something that does it. And it works with pellets, right? Yes, yes. And it sucks up the pellets and then, and then uh, essentially into kind of, you know, basically they put a, um, they put like an extrusion, like a like a, a extrusion screw in the printer, and then sucks up the pellets, grinds them up, and then the print head goes back every six minutes to reload with the the, the material to print more. Yes, and it's not and, heated. It it's not expensive to produce the printer. The printer is built in Germany in a in a Bosch plant. It's quite an interesting approach. <laughs> I love I love it very much. I lo- I think it's wonderful. I'm gonna try and do something with them. So, so I, I'm trying to make uh, like come up with applications for this. And and I think this is a really interesting approach because like and also just yeah, 28k euros, yes. right? But it's, it's a little bit year, more. including all updates, including all services, and including all the material you can use. That's a deal. <laughs> That's a deal. Yeah, exactly. And and the fact that you can use pellet like. Uh, do you have to use their pellets or can you actually get, I mean, they're free. Their pellets they're, are they're free. free. I understand their pellets are free, but if you, yes. if, is the machine capable of doing other pellets? I guess that's my question. I think that uh, you'll have to get it released by Bosch as a pellet. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah. <laughs> I love this thing to death. I was literally, I like, had this conversation with my deal. girlfriend, right? So <laughs> I'm like, so, um, you know, when we were talking about the future. Um, <laughs> so uh, I think you're getting a Bosch printer. <laughs> <laughs> she's like oh, another printer i'm like yeah it's a little bigger than the other ones we have it's a little bit more expensive no i think it's really uh, amazing i think but i like this also because it's a business model innovation thing right yes yes it's it's coming from the two 2d printing way uh, 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 area and, and it's not transferred to 3d printing and i think i think the interesting thing about this is that, that you're going further than everyone else because you can lease yes. what a p110 you can lease it like for four thousand or whatever or three thousand i don't know what something like that yeah. a month uh you know these other industrial printers like a fdm printer you might pay 100k 300k for it and all of a sudden it's like twenty eight thousand. so even if i'm not doing much with 3d printing i'm like what twenty eight thousand for year one, and then I give it back to you? Uh, okay. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> you get the material addict, so if you can print like hell. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but I, I love this as a, as also I've been trying just like you have. You've convinced these people, and you come with these materials like two hundred bucks a kilo, right? And they're all like, "No, it's free." And you, yeah, you're right. I like this. <laughs> what you're saying, this material addict. That's what's going to happen. They're just going to yes. print <laughs> stupid stuff. <laughs> Okay. They're going to print stupid stuff, and that's going to work because they're going to just, uh, you know, do tweet cozies and stuff. They're just going to, you know, and then eventually you'll find something that works, right? Yes, yes. <laughs> Why not? What else did you see on Forum next that you thought was really interesting? I think it's really interesting that we're both fascinated by this Bosch thing, um, uh, which I heard very few people about. But are there other things you really liked? Um, well, I, I like the, the new um, machine from Tradasys, the 3300. Really interesting. Oh, yeah, yeah. Double speed. But I also, I have a build a, a, a picture in mind. If you go through the halls of Formnext and if and you have a green light or a red light uh, over every booth, 
the green light is if this company earns money and the red light, the company is losing money. <laughs> Uh, I like this. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> this is a great method. No, no, but, okay. yeah. and, and there are a lot of companies with a red light over their booths. I, I must tell you, because the, the, the industry is not very profitable. So if you like this picture, sometimes the, the industry has to change in 3D printing. There must be more green lights on the booths. <laughs> I think it's a good approach. I, I read this recently. I wrote this RIP 3D printing series of articles, right? And the, the it's actually quite data based. It's a bit floral. We can't share the data, obviously. But 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 I kind of figured out for myself that nearly all, I got my money from different sources, like doing due diligence projects, doing strategy for people, and then I'm thinking all my money is going to dry up. <laughs> and then I'm like, all everyone's money is going to dry up, right? And then, so this is the, the these articles are not like just like me you know, being mean or kicking against them. I was really thinking like, where am I going to get my money from in the future? And I'm like, we have to make stuff that actually we can sell to people, you know? And how do you, how do you think like, you know, do you agree there's going to be like a little bit of an investor crunch or cash crunch? And what do you think people should do against it? Well, I think some, some company will, companies will get out of business. So, so I'm thinking if I have a, a crystal ball and I look there for farm next 2024, I would say, a little bit less uh, exhibitance there because some companies just will go bankrupt from my point of view. Yeah, I totally, totally. I told everybody, I was like, yeah, don't worry. This is never going to be this big again. <laughs> <laughs> Next year, you'll be able to find everyone so easily. It'd be great. I know. You'll <laughs> just all fit in one room. No worries. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's not the case, Jory. <laughs> No, well, I, I, it's going to be less. But but what would you advise a company doing? Is like, is it just spend less or or, or, or innovate? What, what would you advise a company looking at this headway? What, what should they be doing? Well, I think some some companies are really subsidized from 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 other money because that it's a prestige to be in AM, and, and they take money out of other businesses and 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 keep their AM part. And in the long run, I would say that doesn't make sense. If, if you do not earn money in AM, then, then that's not a good solution. Okay. Then, then yeah, stop I agree with that. <laughs> and go earn money somewhere else. Yes, yes. <laughs> uh, See, he's not, uh, Hans is not sentimental. Right, <laughs> fair enough. <laughs> but uh, eventually with management consulting, you don't become sentimental, I think. And then are there other things you could be doing, like making software easier, making applications easier? You know, maybe doing radical business model innovation like the Bosch is doing. Yes, I, I think they, they must think on, on new business models, but but also to focus more on more on target groups to, to really be closer at, at your target groups and, and do not have fancy fancy printer solution which are maybe are not really targeting your 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 clients. So uh, I think be be more practical. Be, be more focused on your target groups, I would say. Okay. And and, and and how would I do that? Do I interview people? Do I talk to people? Is that is that the way? Or? Well, uh, the, the story I told you with the Farsoon printers, the companies should analyze why they lose business um, and, and why, why they lost it. 
Yeah, I think that's a, I think that's a good. There's a lot. There should be a lot of soul searching of people and saying like, you know, it's easy to say like to blame them on Chinese. It's, I think it's also kind of a little bit racist. A lot of people are just like saying like, hey, it's 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 like some country that's trying to destroy us or something. No, these guys are just trying to make money, just like we are, right? Uh, and it's also like we are failing in a lot of stuff. We're failing to innovate as quickly as we could be, right? Hmm. I think Bamboo Lab was really fast. Uh, they came on the market very fast. It was insane. I think it's it's completely insane, and yes, I think yes. uh, a good example. But but they're also um, producing a very good product, so that's part of part of it, right? Like, I, I think that their yes. product is all right. Their yeah. bamboo lab. So well, it's a really good product. I think yes, it's a good product. And um, and what what else? Uh, okay, so so at Forum Next, you saw a bunch of red lights, green lights. I completely yes. agree with you. It's, it's, <laughs> And I, I was making a list of myself, like, who's going to be here next year, kind of like, um, and I told everybody, like, hug everyone. I hug everyone all the time. And I'm like, hug everyone extra special, because a lot of people, you'll never see them again, <laughs> um, <laughs> which is kind of mean, I think, maybe. But, um, and what are other things you, you saw at Formex that, that, that you liked or you, you were interested in or intrigued by? Uh, it's, it's a really big family meeting. You, you, you will meet a lot of people you know. And, um, well, <sighs> It, uh, from next, it, from my point of view, it's the most important show in the industry. So it, it, it's a kind of, of leading show. I, I, we need uh, we need the form next, but but probably the some booths with the red light on top will will go go out of business. That, that's the message. Mm -hmm. Yeah, totally, totally, totally. And I think in the industry, I mean, okay, so there's less cash. There's less people making money subsidizing 3D printing. Yes. There's some fewer businesses. What do you think about the the other things? Like, for example, in automation, are we going to automate all the printers? Are we going to, or is other people going to automate all the printers? How are we going to industrialize this 3D printing? Well, um, I think this will be maybe next year one of the big, big subjects. We, we must do more to industrialize the processes. There are some solutions on them in the market, but not not enough. Um, and, and this is a, a future topic which will, which will come up from my point of view. And you know, there's a couple of different ways of doing this. Do, do you think there's a you could do it in the machine? Like the machine does more inside of itself. So an SLA or valve polymerization machine spits out parts that are already uh, flashed and already cleaned. You know, we could do a batch-based system where we've got a bunch of robots running around going batch to batch, which would be easy, right? Because mm -hmm. uh, we just make boxes and then the batch. Or we could make like a line, like a real production line, like a 3D printer on a production line. Do you think there's going to be one dominant approach or do you think there's going to be a bunch of different stuff or what? I think a bunch of dif different things, I would say. But there was an SLA a solution from some students from the University of Munich. I, I didn't know the name, but but they, they built it the, the SLA printer in a in a big box and and automatize this this completely. I think some of these solutions must come. Yeah, so, I tell you, like Genera, for example. Yeah, Genera like is also well. a leading company, the Austrian from Vienna. Uh, um, this is a good approach, I would say, from Genera. And and uh, people like Stratasys, they are not so far like like Genera if you if you compare it. Yeah, I think so. The Genera machine. What I like about this is that they have a machine that does a lot of the, the dirty stuff that you don't want to do, yeah. right? That's also dangerous because you come in contact with a photo initiator in this resin, which in some cases can be scary. And they do that in the machine. And also, like, one of the things that most intrigues me about them is they are now doing this thing where they're saying, 
we want to print eyeglass frames in the optometrist's office. And we're going to come up with an optometry solution for these guys. And I think that's what that enables. You don't want to, as an optometrist, be walking around with bottles of like flammable resin and you don't want to be like, like, you know, cleaning parts while your customers can be ringing your doorbell, you know? So I think, I think in their case, it's a good example of somebody enabling new businesses and business lines and go to market just because their product is fundamentally different. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. No, I think it's a very good approach. And how about like the truly production line, production 3D printing? Is that something we're going to be seeing more of, or is it going to take much longer to do this? The Genera approach is, is a very good approach. And I think well, it depends. I'm, I'm not so deep in, in this subject, but, but I got the feeling that in the coming form next, next year, form next in, in 25, this, this will be a, a really good, good focus, which, which has to come. Okay, okay. And are there other things you hope to see or want to see at the next forum next? Well, I would like to see much more different business models like the Bosch solution. I think mm -hmm. that there we need some more ideas. I think in the silicone side, there are some, some interesting new yeah. things. And uh, I think that probably we will more see interesting silicone print solutions. Yeah, I think so. I hope so as well. I think silicon, the market fit is just beautiful. Like silicon plus personalized plus small yes. and plus high value is a really beautiful combination. Yeah, and you can that print works. different shock rates. So so you have a wide variety of what you can do with silicon. I think I think that's that's one of the areas I'd liked uh, RLP, uh, Chromatic as well, and a bunch of other people. I loved like seeing like, uh, you know, silicon, yes, LCAM, all these guys. I thought that was amazing. Uh, but also just seeing more different kind of flexible chemistries that could be used for real life parts, right? Mm -hmm. I really like that as well. Uh, but but uh, Chromatic is one of my clients. They use polyurethane. They don't use silicone. Yeah, but I, I mean, the, but what I meant was Chromatic is what I like there is that instead of, in addition to also uh, um, silicon, we're also seeing other uh, chemistries where you're seeing really flexible parts that, yes, you know, yes. that really work in the real world, you know? Yes, yes. I think in, especially in the field of seals and gaskets, this is a very interesting uh, solution because um, seals and gaskets are, if you, if you take uh, uh, big construction machines also, this is so expensive if these machines do not run. And if you can print seals and gaskets for these big machines locally, this is a very, very good solution. So there are some really interesting business um, fields, some interesting use cases which are coming up in these soft, soft stuff like silicone, like polyurethane. And if you yeah, can do mixed on top of that, where you can go from soft silicon to some other harder material and have it integrated, there's a whole another category yes, yes. of materials and yeah, applications. So, mm -hmm. yeah. Silicon will, like will be uh, also an interesting field for the next form next to watch. Yeah, I completely agree with that. I think that's a really squishy robots. <laughs> what? <laughs> Squishy robots. Yeah, soft robotics. Yeah, soft robotics. I, I like calling them squishy robots, though, instead of soft robotics. <laughs> yeah, good. Okay. Hey, Hans, so much, thank you so much for your time today. Yes, thank you very much. I enjoyed it, really. And uh, think about the red and the green lights. <laughs> yeah, totally. I will do. I will do. And, and Max, thank you for being here as well today. Always. Thank you, Joyce. And thank you for listening. This is another edition of the 3D Pod. And have a great day. You've been listening to the 3D Pod. 
For more information on what you just heard or to subscribe, visit www.3dprint.com or follow us at 3dprint underscore com.